0: Kelvencia Rocked is a Swiss national association raising awareness about gender inequality in the music industry, while supporting, promoting and connecting professional female, inter, non-binary and trans artists. Through its grassroots projects such as producing, DJing, band workshops and songwriting camps, it offers platforms for young people of all levels to discover music and be part of an empowering community. Find out more on our website, helvetsiarocks.ch. Sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. Musicians in Conversation is sponsored by Suiza, the cooperative society of music authors and publishers in Switzerland. Sweezer is celebrating its 100-year anniversary in 2023. Hi everyone, my name is Natalia Anderson and I'm a presenter, content creator and DJ. In this episode, I speak with Fabian Schmuki, who is one of the CEOs at Irrasible Music and Irrasible Records. We discuss the relationship between artist and label, when to invest in physical copies of your music, and Fabian also shares how she was able to overcome self-doubt to take on the role of CEO of Irrasible. Fabienne also answers an audience question. And don't forget, if you have a question, simply send a direct message to Helvetia Rocked on Instagram. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Fabienne.
1: Hi, this is Fabien Schmucki, and you're <laughs> listening to Helvetia Rocked, Musicians in Conversation, Backstage. backstage. backstage.
0: Fabian, thank you so much for joining me today on Musicians in Conversation. Hello Natalia, thanks for the invitation. I'm going to start with the first question that I ask everybody
1: and that is how did you get started on your musical journey? I guess um, the right thing to say is with my father's passion for music. He was just, um, I mean he was born in 51 so he was a teenager in the late 60s um, and he had just very good musical taste um, i dare to say uh he was a big fan of leonard cohen for instance he was obviously like into the beatles and you know rolling stones because that was just his the area (laughs) um and he uh i mean he also listened to like dire straits and pink floyd don't get me wrong it wasn't all great but (laughs) (laughs) dire straits is great (laughs) (laughs) maybe I just have, you know, a trauma. (laughs) But um, well, however, he just, um, he listened to a lot of music, and it was just a very central part of his life.
0: What did it look like for you? Was it just music on all the time in the house? Or did he have like a good massive record collection? It wasn't massive,
1: but I think it was just well um, selected. It was really like a a passion Mm -hmm. (laughs) for him. So I guess he passed it on. And then when I was a teenager I was born in 83 so actually my time was like the late 90s which wasn't all great but luckily instead of like Limp biscuit, you know I listened to grunge and <laughs> smoked pot with my boyfriend and listened to Radiohead so basically yeah. so you're the cool one because I actually quite like Limp biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry no offense <laughs> no 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 but
0: I did have it's my horrible cr- to talk about music <laughs>
1: because you always offend someone you no. know like it's uh, I mean personal taste <laughs> no honestly even
0: at the time the lip biscuit thing was a bit uh
1: divisive let's yeah. say it was a bit like you even love it or you hated it oh, yes. but I, oh, I, yes. I, I kind of like I had moments with my lip biscuit <laughs> <laughs> I mean I also have my guilty pleasures you know it's not like you know I also mm. listen to oh I had this Mark O do you remember Mark O this horrible oh, house oh. DJ guy from Germany what maybe they, it was, oh I don't know if it reached the UK yeah. maybe it did What was the big song? Tears Don't Cry. Tears Don't Cry. (laughs) Can I ask you to sing it? No, absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) Yeah, so I just listened to a lot of music. That was the the beginning of my musical journey. (laughs) So
0: how does that translate to you starting a career in music? You started doing, as a sort of press officer, was that? Was Mm -hmm. that the
1: first thing you did in music? Or was there another role Uh, that you had? um, It was the first thing as a, like... You know, as a professional thing, I did in music. I never really uh, had plans to have a, mus- a, a career in music. I mean, that wasn't on my mind, and it also wasn't a dream. And I, I didn't, really didn't want to go into you know what they called the showbiz at the time. <laughs> or no, I uh, I studied journalism actually, um, communication and journalism. I had an opportunity at this magazine to to write about like to, to do reviews and you know like. Right, do some interviews with, with artists. And um, that was like, you know, my first connection with the industry, basically. So I asked for CDs and I asked for interview appointments, etc. But from the other side, obviously, mm-hmm. as a as a journalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, um, amongst all the, the labels and the agencies who sent us CDs and music, there was this one um, distribution, Irascible or Irascible, and I, I just always liked, you know, what they sent me. It was like, ooh, you know, that's good. I never heard of that band, but it's really good, <laughs> etc. So um at one point I went to to the Bad Bon Kilby Festival, which is a is a very nice uh, small festival in uh, in Fribourg, in the canton of Fribourg, in Düdingen, and I saw that this distribution actually had a, a stand there, like selling their vinyl and some CDs back then and uh, I was like oh I think I emailed with you know one of these guys and I went there and said hi and talked to them and they were really nice and so on and then I well back at the journalism job um, they they stopped the magazine and then I looked for a job just in PR or journalism and then um, I got this from from this distribution um, that I got to know back then um i got an email saying hey we're looking for someone doing pr 50 percent and i was like okay if i have to do pr that's the one thing like i i don't want to do it for nivea or you know like but if i can do it for music i think it would be something i would like for a couple of years that was my idea uh and that was that was the start so it was i mean the, the only company you know I ever worked for in music is the one I'm working for now. It's it's, it's not like a very adventurous career in music (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to like different um, employers. Uh, It just turned out to be the right choice.
0: Can you describe to me what is it that a label does? What does
1: a label do? That's a very difficult question because I think every label does kind of the same but then in a very different way. So, um, I mean, just like on paper, a label is nothing else than just a, a brand. You know, you just put a stamp on the record and you can say this was released on the my label. So it doesn't, like being a label or creating a label doesn't um, mean you have to do anything, basically. You know, <laughs> there are labels who are just you know, like musicians who want to release their records and they create their own labels and they anyway pay for everything and do everything on their own. So it's like a very, very normal thing for them to do. And it's a label, you know, so they can also sign other bands on their label and just say, hey, you pay for all your stuff yourself. You pay for your pressing and your PR, but you can just appear under My Label. So maybe you can also, you know, um, profit from the network I have, for instance, that could already be a label. Um, so there isn't really a definition, but I mean, of course, back in the days when you started, when, when the major label started um, um, appearing, <laughs> um, it was, I mean, that came from the publishing side. First, it was music publishing who brought together songwriters and performers, um, and then to kind of press records that that just... Started with the with the with the um, publication of cassettes or CDs later, etc. Uh, LPs, of course, in the beginning, mm. they basically were your bank, you know, kind of giving you money yeah. so you could record an album, and 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 they would invest in your in your promotion and your marketing. Um, so this was really like something that I think it started like in the fifties or so um, with like actually record labels. Putting out records before it was just um, publishing companies who published your work but then with the physical product that there needed to be someone who paid for the product of course you know suddenly there wasn't just live um, shows and and uh, rights to administer but you needed someone to to pay for the pressing to pay for the for the lps so that was the origin of the of the record label what does your day-to-day look like um i don't really have a day-to-day Luckily, that's why Good. I love the job so <laughs> yeah. much. That's why I want to, like, uh, inspire
0: people that this could be
1: um, a job that they could actually do. Oh, yes. Right? Everyone I mean, no, not everyone, but I think, hmm, it doesn't really answer your question, but something that, that I didn't understand in the beginning and I, I just came to find out about this while, while doing the job is that aside from being, from being you know, a, a, like a totally into music and, and and liking the industry and the people it's the pace it's the it's the pace of the industry and it's the pace of the or especially the the job that that we do or i do um it's we're a small company uh we're an independent company yeah. we're um very very flat hierarchically so i mean yes we are two bosses but then again you know we all earn the same it's kind of you know just someone needs to take decisions but in the end we're a or a group of people um, who are into music, and it's so dynamic. Like that's so. If you if you don't like, if you don't want to work as a functionaire, where everything takes two years, you want to work in the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you can't. Um, for us, it's really you, we we take a decision, and then two days later, we try to you know make it happen. Or it's. I really love that energy. Mm. Um, it's if you want to have an office job, which is not an office job, (laughs) because you do, it's not a joke, you spend a lot of time at the office, but at the same time, you spend time at the office listening to music, talking to artists, going to shows, uh, going to festivals, meeting up with people, uh, doing whatever, like being maybe becoming part of, you know, other associations, which are also inflicted with them. So it's i mean kind of if you like the the mindset of the independent music industry which is something you first of all of course have to get to know and you have to know if you're if you can also handle this kind of it's it's also super chaotic you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very unstructured often also working with artists is super like it's very unstructured um because you I mean, for me, that's that's a, a big part of my job. Like, not structuring the artist, but kind of structuring the way that the release is being planned and structuring the way that the career is being planned, etc. So, yeah. um, it's a lot of... I don't know, in German, there's that, that word um, Vermittlung. Uh, so, it's kind of like education in a way. So, for me, it's really... Um, it's It's that. Like, I try to understand, or maybe translation more. Like, mm. I try to understand... What you, as an artist, want to tell me, her, you know anyone, yeah. and I try to translate that into the media or whatever a press a press shot or a press text or um so it's it's really um you go through someone like me or you go through an agency to um find the words to what you want to say or find the you know. Make something um, that's maybe abstract in your head practical for someone right. who needs to understand what you're doing.
0: It sort of touches on my next question about the relationship of a label and an artist. What you, you sort of mentioned a bit before, but what does that kind of look like? How often do you talk? How often do you
1: check in with each other? Um, that depends. I can, that's different from... From artist to or, or band to band. Um, I mean, I think the first thing actually is like, is it is it a solo artist or is it a band already? That is like, if you have a team to discuss what you're doing, it's already totally different from you being you, you know, like the person who produces everything or who who is the band basically. <laughs> yeah. Most of the of the solo artists. W- Need or want to have uh, someone to share their ideas with and to 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 participate you know like in the in the process of creating yeah. something, so I would say generally with solo artists we're way more in touch. Mm-hmm.
0: How much are you involved in the creative process of an artist if, if an artist is working maybe even on their second album mm-hmm. and they deliver it to you, are you in a position to say oh, that's not quite what i was thinking or is it that's what they want to do i'm going to promote it i'm going to get it out there
1: usually um not just me but like we as a team like as the people who are part of irascible records um we do give feedback uh only when asked or when we ask if it's okay like i wouldn't I wouldn't listen to a demo and just, you know, like, especially with criticism. Of course, I say, hey, I love it, you know, if I love it. But yeah. I wouldn't say, hey, this totally sucks and, you know, we should do something else. <laughs> Start like, again. Scrap it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when it's clear that we're allowed to give feedback and the artist wants us to give feedback, then then we do. And um, the good thing about, about uh, I guess probably every company but also for us it's like we all have different backgrounds so we have people who, who play in bands themselves or who used to play in bands or who you know who wrote music and so i'm more from the like the, the public relations um side of things or i know more about the uh, like yeah like who to get in touch with and who to connect you with etc so we can g- kind of give um different opinions that would give a broad um yeah, like I would say a broad feedback in a way. Yeah. Um so I think a lot lots of bands uh, are like appreciated, but then what they do with it is kind of their choice. I mean that's I think that's very much also the spirit of an independent label. Like the artist comes to us with a finished record. I mean we do get to listen to demos and we do give feedback, but then it's if we say yes, we say yes and then we release it yeah. even though maybe there's two songs which we wouldn't have put on the record right. you know it's it's really more about the the, the process also like an, a long a long established um, relationship up to now we haven't had a band who left us on the label so it's kind of we want to have a continue continuing relationship with them
0: If you're involved in music as a hobby, profession, or both, sign up for free on the Helvetia Rocked Music Directory. It's a platform for women, non-binary, trans and intersex people in the Swiss music industry. For singers, instrumentalists, bookers, managers, sound engineers, photographers, and many more of all levels. It's about visibility. It's about community. It's about empowerment. We invite all of you to participate in this project. For further information, go to musicdirectory.ch. What does it look like when you want to sign an artist? And and you did mention about an artist um, not leaving you mm-hmm. uh, yet, but let's just keep <laughs> it as an open. They haven't left you, um, but I've always wondered about that kind of you know, the start and the continuation of a relationship and then maybe what the end of a relationship looks like. Is it is it almost project-based? Do you say, I've seen you, I think you're great, we'd love to represent you or have you on our label for this project and if it works out, let's, let's do another one. Is it something like that or... What does the beginning look
1: like, first of all? Um, now with like new signings, um, it's can be anything it can be bands i mean we do get a lot of um music sent um you know by bands who ask for either just like a a pr or maybe they want to have a distribution um maybe they want to be on the label we always listen to everything and then we tell them what we could imagine you know offering them so we could say say someone asks um us to be on the label and we listen to it and we think hmm could be something for the label but not now i mean it's too fresh or you know we haven't met the people we just kind of want to be you know kind of familiar with them before yeah, we sign them yeah. on the label. um and then we just maybe offer them like a you know a promotion or just a a, a, a licensing without pressing records or whatever it could be different mm. that's a good thing about being able to offer various services yeah. and um so of you can matching. see how, to
0: click, how you click as well yeah. in that sort of relationship. You can yes. see, oh, is this somebody yes. that I would actually want to work with in a deeper level?
1: Exactly. So it could be that. It could, all, could also be uh, us, you know, like there's this band called Bad Bait. Uh, they won the demo tape clinic uh, of the m for Music Festival in 2021. And the band was there to get their prize and I had heard that song and I just started talking to them and I said, well, If you're interested in like having a coffee and, you know, hearing what we do, um, let me know. And then we had a coffee a few weeks later and now they're on the label. So it's also sometimes us actively Mm. looking for or talking to them or also like someone recommending someone to us or a band, maybe like, you know, one person of a band who starts a solo project, who has worked with us before, who would then approach us for the label with a solo project or her. So, yeah, anything's possible. (laughs) Brilliant.
0: (laughs) Going back to um, distribution, for new artists or even just people who are working in the industry nowadays, how important is it nowadays to have a physical thing that you sell, whether it's a vinyl whether it's cd sometimes people i've seen people going back to tapes actually mm-hmm. have you seen that recently like tapes making a resurgence mm-hmm. how important is it what should people consider
1: mm-hmm. before they take that decision for for touring bands uh, i think it's it's absolutely substantial i mean that's most of the bands who don't have like enormous fees you know who can't really um yeah, p- where touring is not profitable uh by selling merchandise, they can if if it goes well, uh, make it profitable. And so I would recommend every every artist or band who tours um, to still produce whatever CD, that depending on the genre, depending yeah. on the, the the audience you attract um, what genre works well for what is there a, <sighs> is there a formula? I wouldn't say there's a formula, but I think it's a general kind of understanding that electronic music, you know, works very well on digital platforms. And if you then uh, decide to merge to, to sell something on merchandise, either you sell like digital, you know, like uh, codes or something, you print them on on an article, etc. Or you or you uh, or you sell, I guess, vinyl because just vinyl is for collectors, and it's yeah. what you you know, if someone goes to show of of an electronic artist it's probably not someone who still has a, a CD player I mean kind of age wise etc so the question is more when who or when do you produce CDs um, and that's really I think for more like mainstream audiences but uh, physical distribution um, I think is you know like most of the bands who decide to to press CDs LPs whatever uh, for like live purposes or merchandise purposes they you know, it just doesn't cost way more to, to press more. So in the end, you just press maybe a hundred more and you say, I also try to sell them through, through the shops or uh, mail order or mm. band camp or... So I think for independent uh, artists, it still makes sense to have physical uh, releases, especially when they're touring. Right. That is some very
0: good um, information there, definitely. I think that's incredibly useful to our listeners. We mentioned this a bit before about Um Records and Irresible Music. You took over from your former boss. So you, you started there uh, doing press, uh, worked there for a number of years, but not that many years before you actually... Took over. How did that journey happen, and where did you almost, I suppose, find the confidence to say, well, I'm, I, I can run this ship. I know
1: what I'm doing." It was really um, an, uh, a chain of of coincidence. I mean, uh, as I said in the beginning, I kind of, for me, it was like. Okay, if I, if I have to, you know, change the side and change from journalism to PR, music is the only thing I, I can imagine doing. And then I could do this for a couple of years because I, I'm sure like doing PR in music is getting boring after five years. Also, like sending out press releases, etc. that you wouldn't do this for more than five years. Um, so for me, it was really kind of, Hey, I, I, I like the company. I really love the people. I mean, they, first of all, they, they took me on. I, I started doing the job. It was, a great experience but like uh, content wise or from what i did i i didn't think i was gonna last there you know for 10 oh. or more years it was really like a step and then i always dreamt of one day going back to journalism and you know maybe if the world would change <laughs> working for a cool print magazine writing about music um and then i don't know it just the, uh, the company and the, and the people just totally grew on me i just i I really, and for the first time, I realized, hey, it's—I mean, it's a job, but it really doesn't feel like a job. Yeah, so I didn't. Lucky. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's, that's that's literally like the golden egg. That's the yes. thing that everyone's in. Yeah, for. and
1: it's—I mean, my boyfriend is totally jealous because he was like, "Hey, how you know you found that? How lucky yeah. are you? I was twenty-five. I didn't—I didn't plan my you know next fifteen years career. I just yeah. started working for a, a distribution and an agency. So." Um, It was really um, that, like the the, the confidence I got from my former boss who was in Lausanne. I had um, an office with my colleague back then in Lucerne. Um, so I commuted from Zurich to Lucerne. I got to know a lot of Lucer- Lucerne, um, you know, musicians. It kind of also opened up a new, a new world. It wasn't so Zurich-based like everything I used to do before. So I kind of I really enjoyed that thing of like there was Lausanne. I could practice my French. You know, that, oh, yeah. <laughs> all these things. <laughs> And then I, I started like um, hiring. Uh, they asked me to to go up with my percentage. I did like I don't like a sixty and then a seventy. Um, I did a masters on the side. And then um, 2014, I believe it was, uh, our former boss um, called up one day and said, "So I did this for." 13 years now I'm gonna open up a restaurant oh, well. <laughs> I've had enough <laughs> I have this opportunity um and you know and then my colleague um Chris who's now leading the Lausanne office um and all the this the whole sales team and and uh, all the strategic th- uh, things together with me um he called me up and he was like you know what? We should do this together. For me, it was really like this was the encouragement I I needed. Yeah. I I wouldn't have done it alone. I wouldn't wow. have said. Did you even
0: thought? Did you even did it even cross your mind that it that did was cross
1: my mind? But I d- I wouldn't have had the courage wow. because I only I, I did it for five years and I did PR and I of course I got to. See a lot of the other things that they did, but also like I, I'm still up to now. I'm horrible with numbers. I thought, oh God, if I have to do like bookkeeping, and oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. So, so there was so much about it where I thought I, I don't think I'm up for it. But when when we started talking about it, um, I don't know. It just formed this idea, just formed into something that was just like we could actually do it. Yeah. It just felt like, well, it's an opportunity. But I I don't think I'll ever, you know have something like this happening again and then we just basically after a week or so we just uh, went to our former boss and we said well can we i mean would you like to pass it on to us however and uh he he was he loved it he was like yeah i mean nothing better than that i don't need to sell or stop or whatever and he's a very generous person he's a he's a super generous person and he's a, a super fair person and i have a lot of respect for him and i think a lot of things that I that I could not have imagined myself you know doing like and in terms of like you know self-esteem and and, like just kind of thinking that I that I could be you know my own boss and it's also due to him always encouraging me so um he after two years and his restaurant going well was like you know you can also have part of my shares and you just do this thing wow that's just do it so it was a, a lot of luck (laughs) that is i mean it's
0: luck but also i think it speaks to who you are and your character that somebody believes in you and knows that you're capable of it and i think it's something wonderful to have that kind of relationship almost like a mentor person who who's like i see something in you i think you can do it and you know passing on the uh
1: yeah i mean that's it's always so it's nothing you can say about yourself right but it's something that i do here um also, the, the why I was hired when they looked for someone was like, because you're not, you're not, you know, another rock dude, you know, with the black leather jackets <laughs> or whatever. So I think it's it's just because also they saw I could probably like, you know, for instance, networking is really something I, I've always done and I love doing it. So they saw that and they yeah. knew that they weren't, that, that that was not their favorite thing. So oh, I was yeah. also kind of maybe an opportunity f- in their eyes to, to, yeah, like, kind of spread the 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 word about what we do etc so yeah
0: how many other women or finter folk finter being femme intersex trans non-binary and agender age folk have you come across in a similar role to you and and i suppose uh, m- moving from that question also could be how do we get more finter folk in a similar position to you
1: i met um i met a a few or i met some women uh, in a similar or the same position but mainly internationally um it is sadly um in switzerland there really aren't many then there's lots of women doing awesome jobs but not leading a record label so
0: how 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 can we fix this Fabian how can we fix it what what in your opinion can be done is it a case of having mentors or having some kind of and I, and I don't I, I know you mentioned before um you didn't have Confidence. I'm wondering if that, remember you said like mm-hmm. um, you wasn't sure that you could do it. It was a confidence mm-hmm. thing. And we mentioned off air um, about um, this workshop that uh, I attended at the weekend uh, with other f- um, female and finter folk. Um, and one recurring theme was this sort of confidence, confidence in, in your own ability and confidence to just go out there and push yourself. And I'm wondering if this is a common theme Um, in the industry which could lead to people not putting themselves forward for these jobs or is it just lack of opportunity I don't know what the answer is
1: I mean first of all it's not like there are plenty of these jobs free you know so there are not so many I mean there's only a handful of record labels who work as a business like where you can actually work and you know live from it even though it you won't make much money but at least you can make a living so this is already very limited, so until these, you know, um, seats kind of become free, there's a wait, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's this is this is like a fact. So it's not like you can apply for you know like being a record label boss in Switzerland every month. Right. So um, in the end, it's it's uh, I mean the record labels that that exist are founded by either musicians or people who want to work in the industry. So most time you're you're self-employed or you're, how do you say, like an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. you kind of start your own business, you know. Um, And I mean, I'm not sure about like numbers or anything, but I'm pretty sure like when you check into startups, I think the percentage of men, you know, um, founding a startup um, compared to women must be, Higher. Yeah, that's yeah, what I reckon. Yeah. I guess that's when I, I. mean, I read and talk a lot about this. Um, that's always something that that comes pretty early. Like it's a, it's it's high risk involvement. Women don't do high risk. You know, like women need more financial stability. Women, of course, uh, you know, when having a family later on, are afraid of the you know the impact the job will have. Like, if is it going to be possible to combine? I mean, it's it's it is still um, a very male driven you know um industry environment it's changing uh but it's changing s- since a couple of years right, so it's not right. um and i think what you see what you see when you you know the public display of like the swiss music awards or whatever it's it's really it's a lot of men <laughs> yeah, yeah. um so role models, of course, always um, are always a, a thing. So it, there need to be more role models. But I think there also needs to be the... Um, you don't have to, to go, like to run to every festival and like to, you know, like drink gin and tonics all night, et cetera, to do the job. And like, it's not, you know, you can't totally combine it with family. You have to, if you love networking, if you love to like make the bridge between the artist and the audience... Um it's it's really for me, it's really something that's very female, you know. Yes. It's 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 <laughs> I mean, most of the women I know can do that well. They can structure, they can, you know, communicate, they can so I don't see why why it's always yeah, like talked about, hey, it's high risk, it's like, you know, we have to know about finance and digitalization and blah. I mean, yeah, it's cool Gets if you do that too. That. But it's not yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean it's I, I don't think it's the core of the thing. So yeah. So, yes, there should be more women. And I think we're very, um, how do you say, like, um, well-equipped to do that job. <laughs> I love that you
0: yes. said that. And let's make this a call to action, <laughs> a call to arms. You know, if you're a woman, if you identify as a woman, if you're a Finta, let's get you in these roles. And And I like, you know, Role models. I think you're a role model. I think you're somebody <laughs> that people can look to and see that you're in the industry, you're doing the job, you've got great relationships, and you, like you said, you've got a family, and you're you're balancing it all. Your 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 is part of who you are. And if people have seen things like that as a barrier to entry, like balancing family life and that sort of thing, I hope that they can look to you and and as an example of somebody who is making it work. So thank you for for, for being here and being in uh, your existence in this industry. Okay, let's move on to our audience question. We have a question from at Linda Wolf. Let's hear what she has to say.
1: What increases my chances to being signed by a label nowadays? And what is the advantage of being signed? Is it even worth reaching out to a label as a newcomer? So, um, the first part of the question is, so what can I do to raise my chances, um, to being signed by a label? That's a good question. I never thought about this from this, like, you know, from an artist's perspective, like what can I do to raise my chances? Usually bands just like reach out, you know, <laughs> they're like, yeah. okay, I have a, I have a record. I, if I want to, if they want to be on a label, that's always, there's always an if, um, they probably just like go on the internet and like look at who's who's there and who does what and who has what styles of music etc. Um, and send emails. I I I haven't really talked to artists who told me I did specifically this or that to then reach out to labels. So in my eyes, it's really just write your music you know, record demos, whatever, um, send mixes, uh, whatever stage, um, of, 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 musical production you have. Um, and if you have something like a short text or uh, a press shot or, um, artwork or, uh, history of shows you played, um, attach that and just, uh, introduce yourself. Um, if, In the end, if the music is convincing, it doesn't need to be more. I mean, we've we've had um, artists just sending us like, you know, three demo songs without any additional information. And it was so amazing, you know, that you just got in touch and then got to know the person. And then you, you, of course, you you get to know what's behind. So I think that's super hmm. interesting, though, Mm -hmm.
0: because I think a lot of people – think there could be a formula am I doing it right am I reaching out in the right way is that like uh Linda saying what can increase the chances you know is it should I be you know sending multiple emails or should I you know I think um people are looking for a formula almost but really what you're saying is it comes
1: down to the music Yes, but I mean, when you present it that way, <laughs> there is a few rules. Okay, all right. Why? Right, do hear not <laughs> do not attach, uh, you know, MP four wave files, whatever. Like you know, big files. Uh, they don't get through. Like do not send emails with big files. Send send a stream soundcloud uh even like dropbox links etc uh work fine um do not just send out like you know an impersonal email to 100 addresses and say dear sir dear madam whatever right. so they um, need to know your name well not necessarily but at least say dear team of irascible or you right. know something that kind of makes you feel like okay you were meant you know to be the recipient of this email yeah <laughs> um and uh, also what I would really do is like, you know, make your research. It's like, for me, it's like, if you look for a new apartment, you know, you have your criteria, you know, how much you can pay, you know, et cetera. So same, like look for a label, like check out who signed on that label, where are they based? Like what, you know, what's, what do they offer? Like, you know, bands writing us for if we can book them, you know, like it's just, I don't even get back to them because we don't do booking and it's not, it's yeah. not displayed anywhere on the website. So do your research, uh, make it personal, don't send large attachments, I think. Then it's Fantastic. fine. And then if the music is good, it n- doesn't matter what you write. That's the sweet <laughs>
0: spot there, get your good music. So what about um, the advantage of being signed?
1: Mm-hmm. There's not like a label doing a thing. So it's can be like if you some some bands want to be on a label because they like the roaster you know they want to be in company of this and that band who stand on that label too so you know it, they, they think they can probably also profit from the success of these bands which is of course not totally stupid it, it happens you know yeah. um some bands want to have um someone who has a, yeah has a big network has a big reach um someone wants to have uh support like financial support um there's like label collectives like uh, Red Brick Chapel and, you know, like labels who are kind of built from, by and around um, artists themselves. So they want to be like a a network of artists also kind of um, setting their own uh, own rules when it comes to how to um, release records. So there's multiple ways. Just find out where you belong and what what you need, what what you're, you know, what where do you have a deficit? Like would it, maybe you're great writing your own press text, but then you need someone, you know, like sending it out to the right people. Yeah. So it just, maybe you only need a PR agency, maybe you don't even need a label, et cetera. So
0: That is so good to know. It's really kind of maybe taking yourself out of your headspace for a moment and looking objectively at your project and what you, like you say, what you need, where's the deficit and then decide who to reach out to. Then decide, like you said, like it could be just a a PR agency that you need, or it could be, it could be a label. It could be something else.
1: And it's really hard to do that uh, on your own often, especially if you're a solo artist. Mm. So if you have someone who, you know, another musician um someone who who works in some uh, like a, the field of music uh, just just someone neutral who's not like in your project yeah. and sometimes it helps mm-hmm. to kind of find out where you are and what you might need and whatnot absolutely
0: the third part of the question is is it even worth it reaching out to a label as a newcomer what would you say to that yes
1: absolutely mm. um also of course depends on what the level of involvement is you you wish or the label wishes to have um it's but worth it yes i mean there's that's i mean so many newcomers are uh on signed on labels uh, labels are looking for newcomers all the time i mean that's what that's the job of a label basically finding good new artists finding newcomers and and that's I mean that's then in the end the what makes a label a good label like fan you know finding that the ones that you think could succeed and the ones that you think could reach a bigger audience etc um so yes reach out (laughs) absolutely
0: that's incredible advice thank you so much (laughs) I think also because having that sort of label representation is almost like a sign of success in a way i think a lot of artists see it as like oh what well, i've made it now mm-hmm. um somebody else believes in this project and somebody's on my team and and now i'm on a label oh yeah like That's it's crucial. always do you know when you see that yeah. kind of um that social media post and they're sitting down signing a contract <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? it's like kind of like yes i'm here now but um i think it's encouraging to know look keep going keep keep Making music, keep doing your project, but and 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 keep reaching out, even if you might not get a yes or or you might not get a response, it's still worth reaching out to labels because labels are still looking, like you said, are still looking for new artists.
1: Yes, uh, yes, 100%. Do reach out, and even if you get rejected, that's the last thing I want to say. Even if you get rejected, um, try it again. And if you do get rejected and you want to know why, just ask, you know, like I would never say I don't like it because of this and that but if the artist comes back to me and tells me so why do you say no then I give a feedback and it can if you you want to know then I'll tell you and then but then you also have to live with it. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant
0: thank you so much Fabienne for joining me today it's been such a wonderful insightful conversation thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: If you want to join the Helvetia Rocked community or find out more, check out the website, sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. If you would like to support Helvetia Rocked, you can also become a member or donate. And if you like what you heard today, please share it with your friends. Helvetia Rocked Musicians in Conversation is a concept by Natalia Anderson in collaboration with Helvetia Rocked. It's presented and produced by Natalia Anderson. Music is by Jackie Brucher and The Jackets.